Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Welcome to City of Life Church. Welcome everyone that is watching Church Online, Church at Home, City of Life Church at Home. We love having you a part of our family. Sundays are one of my favorite days of the week. I love being in God's house celebrating Jesus with other people. And it builds me up and gets me excited for my week. Got a pretty cool week coming up here. Um, It's Thanksgiving. Did you know that? Thanksgiving. You know, when you get my age, you start getting creative with things. So I went on a little bit of a diet this week. I watched my eating. Why? So I can crush. Thursdays. There's two, there's really only two options. You either eat what, you know, normally, and then you get to Thursday and you gain five pounds and you start like losing weight the following week, or you, you, you're preparing yourself for gluttony. I don't want to just eat. I want to eat on Thursday until I hate myself. That's, that's how much, that's, that's how excited. So I don't know, what are you making, like, what are you looking forward to on Thursday? I mean, I know some of my Puerto Rican friends, isn't this pernil season right here? We got, we got some pernil coming up here. How many of you like turkey dressing? Stuffing, some of you strange people call it. Stuffing, we call it dressing. We grew up in Alabama. But you know what's cool is I, I, know some, I have some Puerto Rican friends that they're like, hey man, don't make me choose. Like, it's, it's like they're having pernil and turkey and dressing. So that's like, that's solid. It's not bad. I'm down with that. If, if you want to make me some of that pernil, I will eat it. I promise you. Thanksgiving, super fun, um, great time to be with our families and um, that, that is a great part of it. But make sure uh, in this season, you're really thinking about what Thanksgiving is. That's, that's kind of my message today. I have a thought for you that maybe is a little bit different. I hope so for uh, Thanksgiving. Trying to get you thinking uh, about what Thanksgiving really is and, and how we can Uh, participate in this day in the most effective way possible. Uh, Before we get started, uh, try to look at someone near you and say, if I would have known you were going to look that good today, I would have tried a little harder. Just be honest. Just be honest with them. You need some, you need some accountability there. (laughs) Some good looking people in this room. All right, here we go. So gratitude. Who wants to have a heart of gratitude? Thank you, Kyle. I want a heart of gratitude. I want to make sure that gratitude is is deeply rooted in my soul, that I'm truly appreciative of what God has given me. Because how many people know that everything we have, God has given to us? Can I get an amen from someone? We have to believe that on a fundamental level, that everything we have, the Bible says every good and perfect thing comes from God. So everything you have, whether you value it or not, it all is given to you by God, because the Bible says that he owns everything. So everything that we possess, every talent, every ability, every positive thing that we can think of, it originates from God. So you're either grateful for what God has given you or you're not. So in Thanksgiving, I want to make sure that we start out by knowing that gratitude is what we feel. It is something that is internal. But Thanksgiving is what we do. 
It is something that is external. It's the externalization of what we feel inside in terms of our gratitude. So it's very important for us as Christians to make sure that we live lives of thanksgiving, externalizing what we feel on the inside. Because how many people know if I do something nice for you and you don't say thank you, that could deter me from doing that nice thing in the future. Have you ever done something super nice for someone and they did not say thanks? Come on, raise your hand. If you, if, don't poke the person next to you. You're not reminding people of their past. Uh, we know the feeling of doing something nice for someone and they just don't. It's like they didn't. You think, do you know how hard I work to do that? You didn't even say thank you. So there's really only two options when that happens. We're not that creative as human beings. The, the two options when, when you do something nice for someone, they don't thank you, is either we are people of character and we say, okay, well, I didn't do it just because of them. I did it because that's who I am. I like being kind and I want God to do things through me. The Bible says do everything as unto the Lord. So I don't do it for the thanks. I do it because that's who I am. Or the other option is what most of us typically do. We go, see if I ever do that for you again. That's really, the, isn't that the only two? We really don't have, there's not a third. There's only two. So we have to make sure that we remember that feeling of what it's like when we do something for someone and they do not show us any thanks or they don't give us any thanks. Okay. Now it's not enough. If, if I bake you a cake, I don't know. No, I, I don't bake. I mean, I, where did I come up with that example? If I were to bake you a cake, I might try baking now. That, maybe that's the Lord. I should try to bake something. That's, uh, yes, Lord, I'll do it. But if I were to bake you a cake and I gave it to you, I've never baked a cake before. Uh, so, I mean, it would be a lot of research uh, for me to bake a cake. If I were to bake you a cake and, and I'm thinking of you and I give you the cake and you eat it, you don't show your Thanksgiving by eating it. You, hopefully you'll eat it. But after you're done eating it, I want you to say what? What do I want you to say? Thank you, Jeff. You baked me a cake. Thank you. You went through all. Did you go on YouTube for that? Did you take a Gordon Ramsay master class for that? Because that was a great cake. You want to, you want an, an external sign of the gratitude. It's not enough to just smile. It's not enough to just eat the cake. You want Thanksgiving. See, and as Christians, we have to posture ourselves. The Bible tells us over and over and over again to give thanks in everything we do, to make sure we live lives of thanksgiving, to train ourselves to feel grateful and to demonstrate thanksgiving in everything we do. Say this out loud. Say, I will feel gratitude and I will express thanksgiving. How do you express thanksgiving? By learning new habits, by getting out of bed in the day and saying, thank you, Lord. You, you just have to learn how to be thankful in everything you do. You have, to, you have to roll over and look at your spouse who you're mad at. Instead of going, Ugh. you have to go, thank you, God, for the many blessings thou hast bestowed upon me. But you know, it's interesting. It, it, you know, this, is, this is how we have to, walk out our lives in every area. 
not, not just one area. It's, it's our job. It's, it's, it's the first time you go to your job and all these people that are constantly tearing you down when you decide you're going to have Thanksgiving in your life and you're going to do what the Bible says. You're going to let the Lord be your strength. When you go to your job that first time, it's that way. You go, thank you, God, for this job. I appreciate it very much. And what happens is over time, you start learning that you're saying thank you to him for who he is, not just what he does but who he is. And then that turns into a heart of thanksgiving. And what you recognize, you become thankful for. And what you become thankful for increases in your life. See, the things that you refuse to recognize, you will never become thankful for. You may not recognize that God has given you a place to live. You may not recognize that God has put clothes on your body. You may not realize that you've got breath in your lungs and you were able to make it into this room today. So therefore, you're not even thankful for what you won't recognize. So, but... It won't increase in your life until you start thanking God for it. So let's choose to be thankful. I have to train myself to be thankful. Did you know that when I just got back from this movie, by the way, I finished my first cut of Southern Gospel on Friday. The director's cut is finished of the movie. An hour and 56 minutes. Very excited about that. That has been uh, a 13-year journey making this movie, and I'm so excited. You, I, I believe you're going to love it. It's, it's really fun. But part of the movie that was interesting is when I went to Atlanta, I'm up there for months in pre-production, all this stuff. I found out, so I'm talking to one of my producers, and I'm like, okay, so where am I going to be staying? He's like, we got you an executive apartment. I said, really? He's like, yeah, it's an executive. I was like, it's, it's an executive one, huh? He's like, yeah. I was like, that's really... It's really nice of you. Thank you. So I called my wife. I said, hey, babe. They got me an executive apartment. <laughs> She's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. Don't you like that word executive? That feels really good, executive. So I got to the apartment. <laughs> Want to know what an executive apartment is? <laughs> Just take off that first word. And you'll know what it is just an apartment. That's what it is. It's an apartment. So I get in my executive apartment and I'm there for a couple of weeks into the movie. And in the middle of the night, I go into the bathroom. It's completely dark. And I turn on the lights and Satan's apprentice, a cockroach, the size of a small puppy, was sitting in the floor, whether or not I cussed, only God knows. I didn't say it out loud. I didn't say it out loud. I said it in my, 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 my head. I said some stuff. I said some stuff, that, just regular stuff that you just kind of, you know, you, I don't know, does anyone ever make up words? You know, like flapping jackhammer or something. You just say something, it sounds crude, but it's just like all these different things that just don't really make sense. I just started jumping around. And then the thing about this, this, this I don't know if it was a roach or was it like a small dinosaur? Like it was, it, was, it looked at me. And you ever, you ever looked at a roach that's not afraid of you? I could tell he wasn't afraid of me. And he kind of turned. And then once I kind of, I got that fear, you know, fight or flight? Uh, I, I, I flew at the beginning. Okay, then I came back to fight, and then I saw it. And when it looked at me, it kind of went back on its haunches and, like, 
lunged. It had wings. It flew at my head. So this is in my executive apartment. And I hate, you have no idea how bad I hate roaches. So, so what I had to do is I'm sitting there going, man, I mean, the first thought that's coming to my head is like, I've been waiting for years to make a movie. This movie is like a, a bigger budget than most Netflix shows. I, I mean, I should be having all these amazing things and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just complaining and getting down and getting frustrated. And how, you know, this place is so bougie. How come I couldn't stay there? And all this stuff like that. But you know what I ended up doing? I just really felt like God sort of checking me in all this. And, and I got up the next day and I said, thank you so much, Lord, for this place that I'm staying in. Thank you, thank you, God, that I, I get to make a movie. Thank you, God, that I've got a family. I've got a church at home. I've got a life. And I started making this just a place of praise. Every little thing that I would do along the way. And actually, too, uh, sometimes you need things to shake you up a little bit, to take you back to a place of gratitude. Because I'm telling you, I grew up without very much, but I was thankful for the things that I did have. I was thankful for the little that I had. My family struggled to make ends meet. We were growing up. Has anybody ever been there before where you don't have that much, but what you do have, you, number one, you don't even know you don't have that much unless you watch TV. But number two, whatever you do have, it's amazing to you. I want to live in that spot where I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life. Now, listen, I want to, I'm just trying to give you some thoughts here on Thanksgiving this, this week so you can experience this in a really fresh way and it can do something to your heart and soul. What does Thanksgiving mean? So we learned that gratitude is something we feel. Thanksgiving is something that we do. I did a like kind of a word study of the word thanks. And I want to figure out what is the etymology? What is the, what is the origin of the word thanks? It actually comes from the word think. It comes from the word thought. That thanks starts with a thought of appreciation and gratitude. Then it becomes a word. But it has to start with what you think. So isn't it interesting that gratitude is what you think, but the thanks is the expression of what you think. So it's got to start with gratitude. You've got to start being appreciative of what God has done in your life. Who in this room is appreciative of what God has done in your life? I want to get you moving and grooving here today. I want you active in the service. Those that are watching online, I'm telling you something. If you're watching online, first of all, if you're here in this room, you're going to be saying amen. If you're watching online, you're going to be typing amen. Your fingers need to be sore after experiencing church online at City of Life because you need to be thanking God. You need to be praising the Lord, saying amen. You need to be getting engaged today because that's what Thanksgiving looks like. Let me tell you something. Thanksgiving is inconvenient. One thing the pandemic has done for us is it has made us begin building our lives back into a place of convenience. That's dangerous. Whoever said that convenience is the best way? Whoever said the simplest way is the best way? If you think the easiest way is the best way, go eat a frozen TV dinner. That's not the best way. I mean, yeah, you can put something in the microwave and heat it up. That might be the quickest way to have a dinner. But how many people would prefer a home-cooked meal? We can't build our lives out of convenience. It's inconvenient to get out of bed. It's inconvenient to do anything. But we have to make sure that we're not building our lives in a way where we're trying to figure out the, the path of least resistance. The path of, the, of greatest resistance is what leads to the greatest results in our life. As a matter of fact, 
Jesus said, you're going to have to carry your cross. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. That's a lot of carrying. That's a lot of working. That's a lot of, oh, where is he? Okay, he's over there. It's, it's constantly being on the move, constantly being challenged. If you're not being challenged in any area of your life, you might be building your life around yourself and what you think about yourself. See, the heart of this message is what do we think about the most? Because if thanks begins with the word think, who are we thinking of the most? Because I tend to believe that we think about ourselves a lot. I tend to believe that, that we think we think about God a lot, but we actually think about ourselves the most. It's dangerous and it leads to a dark place. Living a self-absorbed, self-centered life leads to a dark place. Romans chapter 1 says, although they knew God. So these are people who knew God at one time. Or at least knew of his existence. They did not glorify him as God or give thanks to him. So it's possible to know that God is there. But to refuse to glorify him, to refuse to thank him, that's scary to me. And it tells the path that that leads down. When we make our lives about ourselves, we shut God out. We don't give him the expression of our gratitude that he deserves. It leads to a dark place. You say, well, what do you mean the expression he deserves? I think we need to get on our knees if we're able to get on our knees physically. I think we should get on our knees every day. If we can, I'm not trying to make a legalistic religious rule out of this, but I'm just saying if it is possible, we should get on our knees and start our day off and say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I'm thankful for you have made me to be. Lord, I'm nothing without you. I can't do this on my own. Don't let me make this, because what are we doing? We're humbling ourselves. If you can't physically get down on your knees, close your eyes and in your spirit and in your heart, humble yourself before the Lord to make sure that he knows you're appreciative of everything that he has done for you. And you're appreciative and you're thankful for the life that you have been given and you want to live a life that pleases him. Can I get an amen from someone here today? So we feel like we're having some church. It says, they didn't give him thanks. They didn't glorify him. So it's possible to know he's there and not praise him appropriately. And it says, so they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Futile means you can't come up with any good ideas. Nothing you think of works. You get in a rut and it leads you down this path. And it's scary. Now, digging into this idea about what do we think of? Because you say, well, I can think of God and think of myself at the same time. If you believe that, then you probably buy into the idea of multitasking a little too much. Because multitasking is really, it's actually a myth, the concept of multitasking. You're like, well, you know, you've never seen me drive and eat before. Uh, well, no, I do realize that it's possible to do multiple things at the same time. Uh, I do, I've seen the guy, you know, at downtown Disney that's like playing a hi-hat with his right hand, a kick drum his left hand, he's playing a keyboard with this hand, he's singing a song, and you're going, that's multitasking. No, that's muscle memory. And according to, uh, according to 
the University of Michigan, uh, some research that they did about multitasking. They put someone in an MRI, and what they did is they had him kind of go back and forth between two different tasks. When a red light was on, they asked him to do a particular task. When a green light was on, they asked him to do a particular task. And so what happened is when he would go back and forth between these two tasks rapidly, he was very good at both of these things, and it appeared he was multitasking. What would happen is when the green light was on, when it went off, his brain would actually begin to shut down. And then quickly, it would go over to this other thing. So what you have is your brain shutting down and starting back up. You cannot think two thoughts at the same time. It's not possible. You can switch incredibly quickly, but you cannot think of two things at the same time. Effectively. I mean, that's why our brains are really not made to do that. That's why some people, when I look at their phones, it just like stresses me out because they have like 90,000 tabs open on their computer. I'm like, close those. What are you doing? They like start, they're like, let me see if my phone's not running good. Let me shut down some apps. And they just start going like this for like 15 minutes. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, how many, how many, what? Like, no wonder your phone is slow. Like you're not made to do all those things at the same time. And listen, here's the point I'm trying to make to you. You can't think about God and yourself at the same time. It's not possible. So if we're ever going to have, okay, by the way, I forgot to tell you the name of my message. I'm not really proud of this, okay? It just is what it is. I started studying. I figured out this thing. And so the name of my message is Thanksgiving, okay? I don't love it either, okay? It's, it is what it is. It's called Thanksgiving. So the, the, point, <laughs> the point behind the message is that you can't thank God without thinking of him. So we have to adjust our thinking. We have to make sure that we're doing everything within our ability to think of God first. Because we're delusional if we think that we can do both. We really can't do both. And it's really dangerous when we're living lives that are centered on ourselves. Because there's this whole group of people that refuse to thank God. Why? Because they want the glory for themselves. They want to fire God because they think they're better at doing his job than he is. See, we're doomed when we start living this life that's, that, that's built around ourselves and all points to ourselves. You're Revelation 3, 17 through 20. God is talking to people that are like this. He says, you say I'm rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. And he says... I counsel you to buy gold from me, refined in the fire, so you can become rich. And white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes, so you can see. See, what God is saying is that we live these lives when we put ourselves at the center, and we're the center of all of our thoughts. We live these lives, we think we've got it all together, and we think we're rich, we think we're well-dressed, we think we've got every taken care, everything taken care of. But God says, when I look at you, I see nothing but brokenness. If you make me the center of your life, I'll give you wealth. That doesn't mean a full bank account. It means spiritual wealth that's overflowing with peace, joy, hope, prosperity in your heart and soul, favor covering your life, healing surrounding you in every way. When you make me the center and you think of me, you give me thanksgiving, you put me first in everything you do and you get yourself out of the way, I will align myself with you. You don't have to think about yourself because I am thinking of you, says the Lord. That's what happens is you let him take care of all the things in your life that you have been fighting so hard to preserve. 
And when you lose yourself in him, he begins to actually take care of him. Do you know that when my son was very small, he had something that was going on medically that was just devastating me, it was killing me. I was, I, was, I was, we were going to all these specialist appointments and I, I just was looking for answers and my, my, I was troubled in my heart and I didn't know what to do. I felt vulnerable. And one day I was driving along, I was so worried. And I literally, I heard the voice of God. It's one of the only few times I've ever heard the voice of the Lord. I heard it like in my car. I thought it was something that was in my car. And he literally said to me, he said, you want to let me take care of this? I was, I was trying to control the situation. And by making it about me and making it about Jude and making it about all these different things, and you know what's so weird about the, what, what I felt him saying? It wasn't just that he was saying, if you release this, then you're going to get the answer you're looking for, for. No, it wasn't this bartering thing. It was just saying, no matter what happens, do you want to let me take the wheel in this? Do you want to let me control the situation or do you want to keep trying to drive this? And I, truly, it was something that, that gave me a peace on a level. And that's what happens in our lives when we are the center of everything. We're the center of every conversation. We're the center of everything that's done in our presence or away from our presence. All of it relates back to us in some way. Oh, well, they only have this because I didn't have this. And blah, blah, blah. And everything just comes back to me, 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 me. It's all about me. This person didn't look at me long enough. This person looked at me too long. This person talked to me harshly. This person didn't talk to me at all. And it just becomes, are you following me? It is just stressful. And I'm just telling you, you're probably not going to like hearing this, but it's arrogant. It's proud. Pride is not just thinking you're better than people. Pride is thinking about yourself all the time. That's the most proud thing you can possibly do. You know, the Bible tells us that God resists the proud. He resists them. It says, but he gives grace to the humble. Who is the, who? who are, I can't even speak English. <laughs> Who is humble? People that are humble are people that know they're nothing without God. It means they're thinking of God first. The proud are the ones that put themselves in front of God. And it says God resists them. You can go to almost any church in America today and someone is going to say, I want to tell you something today. God is for you. Not if you're proud. It actually says that he resists you if you're proud. He is not for you if you are proud. If you're putting yourself in front of him, he will resist you and he will resist you and he will resist you until you realize. Why does he keep resisting you? Because he wants you to realize you're doing it the wrong way. He doesn't want you to go down that road. And, and, and we have to learn from our mistakes. Man, it hasn't worked making me the center. I've got to make Jesus the center of everything. Let me tell you something. If you're superior if you feel superior to anyone, 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 you haven't been in the presence of God. I don't care what superior order we're talking about. I don't care if you think you're holier than someone. 
I don't care if it's racial and you think your race is better than someone. If, you're a, if, you're, if you struggle with racism, I don't care if it's that you've got more money than someone and you think that that qualifies you and makes you better. I don't care if it's a position or an education, whatever, or, or I don't even care if it's because somebody did something that was clearly wrong to you in a relationship and you didn't do that thing and now you're up here and they're down here. If you feel superior to anyone, you have not been in the presence of Jesus. You have to get in the presence of Jesus. It is only in his presence that we become self-aware. I am nothing. Isaiah, one of the most holy men of God in the Old Testament, when he got in the presence of God, this guy was nearly perfect. Do you know what he said about himself when he got in the presence of God? He said, my righteousness is worthless in your presence. He said, I am a sinner. When I am in your presence, he said, my denomination is worthless in your presence. The color of my skin is worthless in the presence of you, of you, Lord. The only thing that matters, I am a man of unclean lips is what he said. But yet he spent his whole life speaking the truth about God. He's saying, even the things that come out of my mouth that are positive compared to you are nothing. We have to get in the presence of God. And I'm going to tell you something, y'all. When we start making it about him, if we spend time in his presence, he will spend time in our presence. Come on. That's the life I want to live. I want to live a life that's so much in his presence that when I am around people, they go, boo, what's, what's going on with this guy? Man, he got something on his life. What is that all about? Why is he so kind? Why is he so loving? Why is he smiling like that? What's he smiling at? I can't figure out what that guy's smiling at. Man, it's the pre- it ain't me. That's the presence of God in my life. I've been with the Lord, and I've learned, b- believe me, there ain't nobody uglier than me when I make it about me. Man, but no matter who you are, it is beautiful to be around people that make it about Jesus. There's just something about them. I, I, let me just tell you something. If you cause stress for other people, just being in your presence, if, if you're a ticking time bomb, if people have to go, man, I wonder if, wonder if he's in a bad mood today. I better be careful. Be careful what you say. Don't say that. Oh, my God. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say, shh. You almost said it, didn't you? Shh. They don't see us. Be still. <laughs> if that's you, you need to get in the presence of God. You're making life hell for everyone around you. You need to make it about Jesus. And what does it take? It takes humbling yourself in the Lord and realize that you've been making it about yourself. Jesus says, don't do it your way. Do it my way. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about me. Get down on your knees. Praise the Lord. Give him thanksgiving and every do. Start by thanking him for the things that you don't even realize are a blessing from him. Just everyday things. You may not have a Lamborghini. You might have an old beat-up car. Well, my dad started this church. Do you know that we pulled up? We were in an old Ford Escort, and literally on the passenger seat, there was a bucket. You say, oh, I love bucket seats. Baby, I'm talking about a paint bucket turned upside down. You're like, he was swagging in the bucket seats. No, it was a literal bucket seat, an actual bucket seat, sitting on a bucket like that. You may not have the nicest of everything, And this is going to shock you. You know, maybe it's going to shock you. 
But until you can get to the place in your life where you go, thank you for this old car with this bucket seat. Thank you for this old bucket right here. I'm, I'm able to sit on this bucket. This is funny, Lord. Thank you, Lord, though. But you're taking care of me. You got me. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. You're taking care of me. Thank you for this family you've given me, Lord. Thank you for my life. Thank you for that job. It's not the highest paying job in the world, but you've given me a job, Lord. I got income that's coming in. That means I got money that's coming in. That means I can be faithful to you and be generous with the money you've given me so I can build some credit in heaven someday. You can see my faithfulness. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Even the people that are jerks in your life and are mean toward you, you can say, thank you, God, that you take care of me through all that. Through all the stuff they do toward me, when I handle it rightly and I give it back to you, I thank you, Lord, that's you taking care of me. You don't have to thank God for jerks. <laughs> the Bible does say you know, pray for your enemies, forgive them, pray for those who willfully persecute you. I don't mean you have to thank God and say, oh, thank you, Lord, that he's mean to me every day. No, you don't have to do that. But you can say, thank you, Lord, that through all of that, I see your hand in my life. I see you building confidence and patience in me and peace in my heart and soul. You can learn how to be thankful through all those things. Let's choose today. Somebody say, I choose to be thankful today. Somebody say, I choose Thanksgiving. <laughs> Everyone laughed when we, I, thought, I thought that would probably happen. Man, I hope you do today. I want you to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I want you to make sure that you're grateful to God. Let's remember, get down on our knees, praise him every day, thank him for what he's done for us, and I believe he's going to do something great in our lives. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.